Hello, my fabulous fucking listeners. Welcome back to the season two premiere of Shut Up Chanel, the podcast where we dive deep into my LGBTQIA plus journey and chat with the incredible souls who have added a burst of fabulousness to my story. And today, oh honey, today is nothing short of a fashion forward fiesta. Get ready to sashay down the runway of excitement because we have the one, the only, the runway royalty herself, Aris Wanzer, is in the motherfucking building. She's not just a model, she's a style supernova, a trend-setting tornado, and a walking, talking fashion fantasy. Arise Wanzer has graced runways, shattered stereotypes, and left a trail of fierce fabulousness wherever she goes. Today, we're not just unpacking her wardrobe, we're diving into the high-heeled highs and runway revelations that make Arise the fierce force she is. So whether you're strutting down the street or just lounging in your PJs, grab that fucking glitter, hit the subscribe button, and join me, Chanel Perillo, for a runway-ready roller coaster with the sensational Arise Wanzer. And after this episode, please subscribe to my Patreon. I would really love to have that grow this year so that the show could grow. I release the full videos on there. I am open to all and any suggestions of what you guys want to see more of this season, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Shut up, Chanel! Oh my God. So I already did like a little introduction off camera for you. So I'm just going to do a basic one right now. She is a model. <laughs> she is a comedian. She is an actress. She's a sister. And now dare do I say a wife? I am. I'm a wife. Hello. Yeah. God, wifey. Welcome to the stage. Arise Wanzer. Thank you. Hello, Chanel. <gasps> Welcome to Shut Up Chanel. I know. Hi. Talk to me. I cannot believe I'm on season one. <laughs> no, you were. This is the start of season two. Oh, this thank God. I was like, I thought we didn't meet till later. <laughs> but you honestly were at the very beginning. Like, I mean, we we're going to go into that. But yes. So season oh. two, this is the first episode of season two, <gasps> which is really super exciting first episode yeah i know and i am i am kind of going a little bit out of the timeline based on like availabilities <laughs> of everyone now but the end of season one ended with like marco and i meeting and all of that and that like totally like ties into you i want you to take the listeners like to where we first met like what how did we meet what was your impression of me what did you think about me like fill me in from what i remember because i've heard all of these i've heard all of your podcasts I've, i'm all caught up oh my god thank you you're, you're great bitch you're really good at this oh my god yeah, you're really fucking good at this yeah it's fun to listen to but um <laughs> it's like being backstage but um i remember the standard before they closed it down it had that back room, you know, that room you had to walk through the kitchen to get mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was called. I don't know what my problem is, but I, you, I went all the time and Lena used to spin there. Mm -hmm. and smoke had... and mirrors. It was called smoke and mirrors back in the, it, it was oh. one of those places that changed its name like every 
every other month. So that's why you don't remember. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it's funny because I met you when I met Marco is what I like. And we have pictures and everything. I met you guys there from what I remember because mm-hmm. I was talking to Marco. I, we were sitting in that little B- VIP booth thing mm-hmm. and I had just moved here. This is nine years ago. This is like mm-hmm. nine years ago because I'll have lived here for 10 years this month. And my yeah, God. Bitch, 10 year LA anniversary. A decade. But, um, <laughs> a decade, bitch. A big decade. Yeah, lots <laughs> happened. I met you guys back there and I was sitting next to Marco in the VIP and I didn't know who he was because he covers his picture, his face in all his pictures or he used to. No one knew what Marco looked like. Okay. <laughs> no one. And he, uh, we got to talk and he goes, oh my God. He said, I've been looking for you. He said, I love your work, blah, blah, blah. You've got to walk in my show in the fall. And you know, LA, I was like, oh, this guy is a liar, but sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Here's my number, blah, blah, blah. And then you reached out to me in the fall. You're like, hey, do you want to walk? Uh, like you want to walk in the show? And I said, yeah, sure. It wasn't until I got to the fitting at Marco Marco. I said, I'm walking Marco Marco. <laughs> And then I was like, you're Marco Morante? <laughs> like, I was like, you're Marco? And he goes, yeah, bitch. Who'd you think I was? I said, I don't know. I just said yes. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. And the, that was the time where, like, we were all out every night. And, like, like things would happen at, like, you know, 2 a.m. And then the next day it would be like, oh, my God, I met this person, this person, this person. Like, yeah. reach out to them. That was the vibe. I thought that you remembered. Well, what was your imp- what was your impression of me? Like how like Oh, bitch, I was so scared of you. <laughs> because oh. you were like you seemed like you knew exactly what you were doing. I was new to LA and you were like this LA girl. So you were like an LA girly to me in my eyes. Like that's what mm-hmm. I saw cuz I didn't I don't know LA girls. I was a New York girl like uh by way of Miami at that point. So I was like Okay, I don't know. And I wasn't the me I am now. I've said a million times, if I looked at me now versus who I came here as, I'm like, holy shit, she dolled out. Like she sold out to the Barbie of it all. (laughs) And it's great. I love it. (laughs) No, I've been here 17 years. Work. Yeah, like 18 this summer, which is insane. Like I moved here a couple of like I moved here 20 at like 16. No, (laughs) but if you looked at like the day I came here to like now, like it really, the glow up is real. Yes. Intense. Like LA will do that to you, honey. It'll make you shine because if you don't shine, uh, you can't stay. It's well, you're terrible. really intimidating at first too, but then you realize that like you have like this dry, funny sense of humor. And I think like mis- people mistake that for like resting bitch face when really you're like, you're funny as fuck. And I was totally intimidated by you. We were both scared. Both terrified. I feel like you found an old picture though of us at Rasputin. And I feel like you told me that's where me and you met. That is where we mean. Uh, Cause you were with Richie Rich. Yes. I mean, I think like he was at, like it was back in the day Rasputin and this was before Avita. that's how I know that like you came in my story like early on is like Rasputin was the first party I ever hosted and remember mm-hmm. it was at that club across the street from the Abbey and it was like Russian Rasputin theme so everyone would wear these like cool like I don't even know the t- like Russian themed costumes. Yeah, like Red Square. And like Courtney <laughs> Act was a host there. And like I had just met Andres Regal because I did an event with him there for Sharon Needles. And he like saw like I was friends with all the queens and he was like, why don't you like try hosting? And that was like kind of how it started. And then I found this picture of me and you at one of those. And it was like me, you, Courtney Act, uh, Miles Davis Moody, like old school pit crew. 
God. And you look like a child. You have short hair. Yeah, it's my real hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, so I want a little bit of your backstory because I think we've been friends for so long and I don't even know, like, what brought you to L.A. So, like, what brought you to L.A.? Okay, well, I have to background that to anyone listening who's not in L.A. and doesn't live an L.A. life. When we all get together, we are just kikiing, having a good time, forgetting that we all work tomorrow and have, like, all these deadlines to do. Mm -hmm. Because we're just chilling by the pool or we're having a cocktail and we're chilling. Like, that's it. (laughs) You know, like we're not bringing up any shit. Like, so where are you from? Like, no, we're not doing any of that. We're like, hey, girl, how you been? I know I'm so tired. But anyway, you look great. Yeah. <laughs> like very that. Well, and so- yeah. And I think it is a very like work mindset uh, like here. And so like when you do have like a day off, like the last thing I want to talk about is like like where I grew up and like no. what I do and like no. all that kind of stuff. No, that's, yeah, like, no thank that's you. like maybe two thirty in the morning back in the day when like. You're just spilling. This, yeah, that's the afters. That's where you talk. The afters is where you spill that shit. Now we're all like, we're too old to go to the afters. Or we can't make it that late. I'm like, 3 a.m. Girl, I'm not, I, I gotta go home. I have a dog. You have a dog. We all have dogs. <laughs> like, we gotta I'm go. Like, if, any, if someone asks me out after 9 p.m., I'm like, um, <laughs> like, like, what do we, like, well, yeah, you, you'd have me for like good two hours and then I'm gonna need to like go to bed. Like, are you tucking me into bed? <laughs> oh, bitch, really? No, seriously i just did that the other night i went to heart uh because tokyo was throwing a party and it was like a mm-hmm. season 15 reunion and you know i knew some of the girls you know as mm-hmm. was there i was like oh i'm gonna go say hi and then i'm going home and i literally i was there for an hour and a half i was all dolled up makeup hair everything i got my ass right back in the car did not have one drink went my ass the fuck home to watch 90 day fiance <laughs> one how proud of yourself the next morning were you and two 90 day fiance has become my new guilty pleasure it's it's I think it's the last frontier of reality TV to be like raw, like because those people are unfiltered. They spill all the tea and it's a mess. <laughs> it's really fun to watch. A uh, mess. And this new season is so good. And Nikki from the show, I actually remember Nikki Exotica from back Nikki in the Exotica. day. Yes, the dolls are on the show. <laughs> the dolls. I was so proud of her and she looks so good and she's like killing it. Like she's killing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, she's calling that guy on all his shit because he is garbage. <laughs> He's such <laughs> trash. I was like, girl, you better run from him. I hope she does not marry him because a lot of them end up getting married to these idiots. But I mean, okay. Okay, yeah. Back I know. To I, was like, Let me get, I know. Back. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, no, everybody. everybody. This is Shut Up Chanel where we go on crazy tangents that have nothing to do with what I had planned. So yes. but I want to yes. know, yeah, what's your origin story, Aries? Fill us in. I am from Woodbridge, Virginia. Um, I have a very supportive, um, I used to call it liberal family, but now I would say progressive family because they are, yeah, they are progressive black people. I lived in, I moved to Miami when I was 18 and I always tell people I came out as trans as soon as I hit the tarmac because I knew I was trans since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. but um, those are not words you say in Woodbridge, Virginia. So I was like, okay, let's see. You just sort of keep sliding mm-hmm. the envelope to see like how far you can take it. So you're like, I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to start wearing mascara. I'm going to wear baby tees with flared jeans. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep just going. And then as soon as like, it's like, oh, you graduated. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. I'm a woman. I'm leaving. So I did that. And I went to college there. Uh, I've been a model since I was 17. I started modeling. I was at John Casablanca's when I was 17, which is super scammy, but I did give me some jobs. I walked for- Iconic. 
I know. I walked for local fashion shows, everybody. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have TikTok to make us famous. I walked for American Eagle and I walked for JCPenney and Saks and uh, whoever was at the mall. You're in the local penny saver catalogs and like, oh, look, I'm a model. And um, everyone at school laughs, but <laughs> it's like, okay. But uh, look at me now, bitch. Anyway. Look at you um, fucking now. <laughs> bam. I know. Still not high enough, but fuck it. <laughs> Right. No, but, um, but happy, happy. I'm happy. Then I moved to Miami and then I start, I signed with God, who was my first agency in Miami? Cause I changed agencies every six months to a year, like whoever the shortest contract was, cause they didn't have three year contracts back then, not for trans people. And so uh, I would send like a six month there and then I would do like a one year somewhere. But I, I think I was with Irene Marie or green first and okay. was choppy because I looked so similar when I was at both those places. It, when you change your comp card, that's when you like can really put the year in. But I'm like, I was at one of those two the first year. But mm -hmm. and that was interesting. So that's my first agency is where I came out as trans. And I was like, hey, so I'm going to transition. And my agent at the time, she was from Jersey. And she's like, just don't get your tits too big. You, you need to fit the clothes. You got a job to do. You need to fit the clothes. She goes, keep your skinny tits for your skinny ass. She goes, you don't have the proportions for it. I said, she just kind of reamed me on what I'm supposed to look like. And I was like, okay. And so- um, And that woman, and that woman was me. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> honestly similar voices similar voices she's like don't get your tits too big she goes you're gonna look crazy and she's like you look like dolly parton you have no ass and big tits i was like okay she's like, you'll never work in this town anyway she was right though she was right because i did book i did book after i walked all the miami fashion weeks i had a good time but i did plateau there i lived there for five years graduated from college i went to fashion school at the art institute so <gasps> yeah i went i went to fit them Oh, work. Yeah, I didn't take an SAT, though. Oh, wow. I took yeah. SATs, but I think I was, like, drunk during them, to be honest with you. Oh, no, this is like a play, a pay, a pay for play, like, college. Like, you pretty much just, it's it's like a community college. You go too far away. But real degree, I, it, was, it was accredited. I got my fashion merchandising and marketing degree. And Wait, so, that's what my degree is. Bitch, <laughs> let's open up a store. Let's work them storefronts. <laughs> Do that store layout. Bro. Just so who... <laughs> the whole time we were both merch marketing. I mean, that's why, like, whenever I work with Marco, like, I feel like I like, like all that money I am still like paying on student loans, like went to something because I'm like, I'm still like teetering the line of working in the fashion industry, you know? Yeah, no, that's like when I um I style myself for all these red carpets and I'm like, okay, I'm technically the mannequin that I was putting in the window. And I'm like, okay, this needs a bracelet here. <laughs> like, let's sell this bracelet. <laughs> Woodbridge, Virginia, what were you like in high school? Because it's mm. so funny. Like, I have only met you, like, I only know a Reese. Like, I don't know any other version of you. And so I am curious to know, like, who you were when you were younger. Uh, I was... You could call it a mean girl, but I would call it defensive. Okay. So I was captain of my cheerleading squad. I was prom king. Yeah. Fair, fair votes too. I was popular. <laughs> I was very popular in high school. You Middle school was a nightmare. Middle school was a nightmare because everyone's hormones are rushing. I'm like this femme thing no one understands. And so I was bullied and it was terrible. And I was still bullied in high school. It's just... Um, everything was changing because Paris and Nicole were like big. Okay. And I was, I kind of like embraced that. Like I had, a, I still have a Paris and Nicole poster on my door in my room, my childhood room at like the Simple Life. Yeah. That, and, I, I, uh, the second you said that the picture came up in my head of them standing with the, 
Yeah, and that's who I like. I was like, me. That's me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be famous for being famous, and I'm that bitch, and mm-hmm. I'm Fenty, and I'm fabulous, and I wear designer. And so I was shopping at like Saks and Nordstrom, and I was using valet. At um, people in Virginia will know, but I was going to Tyson's too and shopping at Versace with my mom's card. Yeah, I was having a great time. So I was super cunty. Anyways, so I'm like decked out in designer. I'm wearing Diesel, and it was great. I was expressing myself. I had long hair. And I had the spider lash mascara and bronzer for days. I was so, when I look at high school pictures, I was so bronzed out. I was like, wow, like I haven't been that color in so long. I think about the foundation colors that I wore, like those memes that they make of like girls in the like early 2000s are like so relatable to, I think me and you are actually the same age. Like I think we, did you graduate in 04? 05. Okay, so you were a year younger than me. Oh my God, yeah. I love that. So yeah, we're the same generation. Yeah, but I think we're the same age because I had an October birthday. You know how they did that cutoff? Yes. So, yes. But I was the first one that could drive in my age. So I had the fir- I was the first one with a car and I could buy everyone's cigarettes. It was great. <laughs> I totally, yeah, I my birthday's in August. So that's why like I w- graduated at 17. Like I was young. Yeah, you and- just made it. I, my best friend Mallory was the one that had to drive my because there was that like that junior year you had that one friend that could drive yeah and that old ass friend that was born in October <laughs> or like thereafter <laughs> yeah it was always the oh my god I love that and so like what yeah. like you went into high school and you just like you got your confidence from Nicole and Paris because I think it's no. like hard for someone to understand how you just like you went from being bullied to like the switch of confidence oh okay so no that came from my mom And so like, I owe her everything. I still do. I love her so much. She's my best friend. I love my mom so much. Uh, We talk every day. I remember I came home one day and this is like end of middle school. And I had just made the cheerleading squad and they announced it on the announcements in eighth grade. And of course I was getting bullied heavily. Like, oh my God, like you're going to be a boy on the cheerleading squad. Bag it, bag it, bag it. You knew you act like a girl, blah, blah, blah. You look like a girl. And I was just like... What am I going to do? And so like, I just, it was a lot of pressure and it was something I was really proud of because not everyone made it. Like a lot of people didn't make it. And so I was like, I was really good. Like I could tumble and I was doing all the jumps and splits and stuff. And so I was really proud of myself and I didn't understand why everyone was, they'd laugh at my jokes in class and they were nice to me like one-on-one, but if they were in a group setting, everyone bullied me and was nasty to me and treated me like shit. I was just, and I just didn't have any friends. And I was like, I'd come home and just watch like HGTV and just, you know, wait for a track practice. And my brother had all these friends. He had a very social life and I just didn't have any of that. And I remember one day I just came home and I was really upset. And I was just like, mom, I, what is with this? Like, why are they so Jekyll and Hyde with me? Like everyone seems to enjoy my company, but they just don't like that I'm different and I can't change. I don't know what to do. Cause when you try to be like them, they're worse. Cause they're like, you think you blend in here? Absolutely not freak. And I'm like, damn, like, I don't, I can't win. And she said, honey, she said, kids are dumb as hell. They're always going to be. She goes, you are surrounded by the stupidest people on the planet. She said, and they will believe what you want them to believe. She goes, you act like you're hot shit. You are hot shit because they don't know otherwise. She said, so fuck them. They're a bunch of losers who dress bad. And I was like, okay. And I took that, it was like a light bulb went off and I just turned into kind of a bitch after that. And people (laughs) really respected me because I didn't take shit from anybody. They'd like faggot. I'm like, everyone knows that already. I don't care. I don't care. They're like, oh, you dress like a girl. I'm like, yeah. And it's designer. It's shit. And I remember uh, when I was 16, I got a BMW 325 CI convertible, brand new, but um, (laughs) it was used. 
I it was love... used. It was used. It was used. You like? But... I feel like you like cars. Cars are a thing. I with love you. cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. was, I love those. So that was my first car, and uh, it was in steel blue. Uh, we got that car. It was 2002 and 2002, honey. And so I remember pulling up to school and the teachers were gagged because I had a nicer car than any teacher at that school. I remember this one kid made fun of me. He's like, he's like, yo, you faggot ass nigga, blah, blah, blah. I said, I said, uh, faggot ass nigga with a BMW, bitch. What do you drive? Like a Honda Accord or something? <laughs> like, and it was really bitchy, but it was out of self-defense because it was, I started to learn like whoever had the gold made the rules. And so Paris Hilton was popular. It was about like designer, fashion, opulence. And I had that stuff. And it was the only thing I had on these people. Like, I was like, you know what? I can be fabulous. You know, Mm -hmm. like I can't, I can't fit it in. I -hmm. can't be different. I can't change myself. I'm like, I'm going to be really well-dressed and I'm going to have nice things. And you can't really come for me after that because it was the time of, if you have nice things, you had the power. And so I did. Mm-hmm. And so I got, yeah, I got drunk with power. It was super mean. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was really, I know I was I still nice also, to everybody. I think that also just builds confidence too. I think like when I started to get popular, it was like, I started loving, like loving myself, like express, like using fashion to like express my individuality. Mm-hmm. And like that shines through and people want to be around that. Yeah, no. And I made some huge fashion mistakes. Like <laughs> I've seen some faux gator boots and just, I'm like, Ooh, girl, no, not these. But high schoolers but, like, don't know fashion enough. All they know is what they're seeing on TV or I'm mm-hmm. sure now it's Instagram. But when we were in high school, it was like, what was in Us Weekly? Like if you, yes. had, if you had anything that was in Us Weekly or went to the places that people went in Us Weekly or anything like that, like that's what made you cool. Yes. No, I remember I got the YSL Tribute 2s, the exact tweed pair that Je- Je- uh, Victoria Beckham had just because she had them in a fucking picture. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy these tomorrow. <laughs> <gasps> and I still have those shoes. <laughs> See? Investments. Yeah, because they mean something to you. Yeah, I had a Louis Vuitton book bag and um, not the LV kind. It was the Damier Jeant, which was, but the large print one that was done in the canvas. It's, mm-hmm. I still have that. Yeah, bitch. I was so cunty. Like, I, you couldn't come for me because it wasn't just like, it wasn't like loud, fat, it wasn't like loud luxury. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, she got the one that you have to like save up for. I'm like, yeah, bitch. Now what? And it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun for me. So I got to get really into fashion and I knew I wanted to be a model. Uh, I did Model Search America. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. That was like so scammy. It was like the John Robert Powers kind of. Yes. Era. Exactly what it was. Yes. I, so- I went to a model search at some like random hotel conference. Room yes, that's exactly when- where it was. <laughs> I was in D.C. and my sister had to drive me. <laughs> like one model that they got like one campaign for be there to like speak about it like they got me cosmopolitan and then yes. every parent wants you to sign up oh my god yes. such a scam such a scam i remember we had to pay like a couple hundred dollars for photos and shit like that but i did get signed because i remember my friend i won't name her because it's so mean but uh because i'm still friends with her, i still know her but she did it and she's like let's do it together and then i got a contract and she didn't and she was like oh that- and i was like yeah, that's what happened to you. That's what happened with me and my friend Andrea. Andrea, if you're listening, yeah, we both. But this is when I was in middle school and very awkward. Like, don't go to a model casting in middle school. Like, not. No. A good yeah, I went when I was 15. I was in high school, and I was my sister had to drive me because I couldn't drive yet. And yeah, and Andrea got the fucking card, and I didn't. And what that did to my confidence, like that was I've never even unpacked that in therapy. But like that, like getting like told you're not cute enough in middle By school. Adults. 
by adults. Yeah, by adults. Well, I'm like, I'm like, I had braces. I should have known. Like, no one wanted me. <laughs> but yeah, those things. I are love braces. Really... I think they're oh, so but... cute. I do Look now. On. I do now. I think yeah. that you know, and I think also now because like they're vintage. I can't believe like kids don't have to have braces they're anymore. They're so cunty. Like this, this girl on Ninety Day. The uh, uh, I know. Sorry, bringing it back to Ninety Day. She has. Blah. She's a grown up girl with braces, and I think they're so cute. I'm like, those are so cute. I'm like, work. I'm like, do I need braces? I do Wait, need braces. Are you talking about what's her name? The pretty black girl that twerked. She's on the Single Life. Oh, I don't know. I'm watching I the don't... Single Life one right now, and I'm watching the newest one. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. Well, I'll do that I after know. this podcast. <laughs> well, I have to take my dog to the park because I promised her. And I'm oh. not a liar, even though she doesn't speak English. <laughs> oh, I'm the same way. Like if I tell Six we're going to Runyon, like I feel like she's like, I thought we were going to Runyon. <laughs> they, I feel like they know because she, yeah, she'll give me that look like we didn't do shit today. And I'm like, sorry. Uh... But, but anyway, so yeah, we did Model Search America and I got signed to John Casablancas and I started doing local mash- mall fashion shows and local penny saver magazine things that end up on your doorstep. The penny yeah, saver. A- yes, honey. And I, lo- I loved modeling. I thought it was so fun. And I loved expressing myself like that. And I loved uh, the pictures and the result. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then, then you went I, to yeah. New York and then you No, decided- then I went to Miami. Then I went then to Miami went, to yeah, Then you went to Miami. That's where mm-hmm. you like found... Because when you were entering these contests, you weren't out as trans yet. No, no, no. I was just like a femme, a femme queen. Because I wasn't like, when I was modeling, they weren't putting me in like suits. Like I was like, they would always make me have like a faux hawk with like a star like over my (laughs) eye and like with glitter lipstick. And they'd always make me like, look, so androgynous, so androgynous, so pretty. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, like, gender fact. Yeah, no, bitch. I didn't know what androgynous meant. I was like, they just kept saying it. I was like, okay. You're like, mom, I'm androgynous. When did yeah. you come out to your mom as trans? Oh my God. It's, it was my first trip home from Miami because I was I was literally living as a woman there at school, like going by my new name. And I was like, and I just knew I had to tell her because I knew pictures were going to start surfacing because we're posting on Facebook and MySpace was dying because MySpace was a thing, y'all. Like this is 2005. Mm-hmm. And so it was my first trip back. And I remember we pulled into the driveway and I just, cause I was like, God, I wanted to tell the whole way home from when she picked me up from the airport. And I said, mom, and I was shaking. I was like, oh my God. I said, mom, I said, I'm transgender. And she said, okay, what's transgender? <laughs> and so I told her and she goes, okay, that sounds about right. You know, she was like, that sounds about right. I think that sounds like you. And um, she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know what you're supposed to do. And she's like, well, are you happy? I said, no, I don't want to go to school anymore. I want to be a model in New York. She's like, well, she goes, I'm not going to pay for that. <laughs> Full out. She's like, I'm not paying for that. She goes, I paid a lot of money for you to go to fucking school. She goes, you got to mm-hmm. finish school. She's like, and I was like, okay, I'll finish school. And she goes, and you can just figure out what you want to do with that. And I said, okay. And that was the, and I said, can you go ahead and tell everybody else? Cause I'm not doing this a hundred times. And so I don't know how That's she told so everybody. That's what I she... would do. I love that I know. you said on your mom. You're like, you could come out for me to everyone. Yeah, because she's a gossip anyway. I was like, bitch, I know you're going to tell <laughs> everybody anyway. So you go ahead. I was like, you go ahead and run your mouth this afternoon on the phone chain. And I'm not going to talk about this anymore. Everyone can just see me with press the next time they see me or whatever. I don't care. And did and you so... have to like introduce, like, how was it? Did you tell her, like, I would like for you to call me this name? Like, how did that conversation Yeah, go? yeah. Like, uh, I remember I told her that right away and she was really good at it yeah she had very few slip-ups she was like I feel like this is natural I feel like this is good and Mm -hmm. um she uh she has three other kids so it's like one was going to be kind of weird and it's me (laughs) (laughs) 
it's fine i'm like you know whatever not weird different one was yeah there's gonna be a pink sheep Fucking of the family and it's like, yeah i'm like well yeah i'm like well but yeah do you get do you get messages from young like trans youth all the time asking for advice all the time mostly when i'm on tv because that's when they're seeing me and then you know they forget about you they move on to the next flavor of the moment or back mm-hmm. to their tried and trues yeah i do get a lot and you know it's funny i get a lot of it in person we do the slay model competition every year and i host mm-hmm. it and these girls who are they go from like 15 and up so it's like 15 to like 25 it's not there's no cutoff it's just usually what it gets narrowed down to Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my God, I've been following your career for 20 years. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, what did you say, bitch? No, no. Yeah, that's I'm like, how I feel now. Because when these kids say that, I'm like, you were in elementary school, like looking at us on Instagram. That is yes. wild. Yes. Watching us on TV, watching us do stuff. And it's like, a, it's like taking a bullet. They're just like, oh my God, I watched you when I was seven. And I'm like, ow. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm old. That's fine. No, but it is, it's really heartwarming. I remember the first time I really, I felt something about it was during the pandemic, we made it happen anyway. It was a closed production. It was in this warehouse up in Burbank next to that uh, circus liquor place. Mm-hmm. We're really from cute... Clueless, from Clueless. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so uh, you're where the clown is, where she gets robbed and has to get down on her knees in the Alaya. <laughs> for everyone who's not sure what we're talking about. Anyway. Uh, it was literally like three blocks away from that. So I was like, oh my God, I want to do a shoot over here. What's his face? So we're there and I'm, I'm with, the, with my dog and it's during the pandemic and we're doing rehearsals and it's like 30 girls that they're like narrowing it down to like 30 or 20 girls. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like looking up to me, asking me advice. And I'm watching them take this advice. And I thought, wow, like it was the first time I felt like I was here. Like what I did to the industry just you know being a trans openly trans model and having these girls be my legacy because I'm not having children not a child because I'm not a children person it's nothing nothing else I'm just not a kid person but I'm a shoes person I get that this is a fun will be the fun ant podcast Um, yeah yeah like I it's funny I think we're at that age that like we I think I we would have done it already because me and you are those type of people like if we want something we make it fucking happen yeah and I feel like if I really wanted it I would have made it happen now let's God knows in five years if I text you that I got knocked up you know, Honey, we'll, I'm going to figure it out. But right now, I, I love yeah. the fun aunt. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really nice. You get to have all this free time and go to sleep. <laughs> There's no noise in your fucking house. <laughs> we get all of our money. Yeah, and you can travel at the drop of a hat. You just have to get someone to watch the dog. And we have tiny dogs, so people don't mind watching them. And that fulfills us. That fulfills us. Honestly, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, this dog doesn't talk back to me. It's like... <laughs> honey like people like for people listening i'm clapping with my nails anyway i'm like bitch absolutely yeah i'm like we just get to cuddle and walk and you know What's... watch the same things <laughs> plus i think it's like it's amazing being a mentor and, and like it it gives you one purpose and like it's everything that you've learned you now get to like bestow and help other people kind of like oh not have to go through some of the shit that you had to go like what's the number one question you get asked by trans youth Oh my God. So it's usually by the girls that are live and they're like, how do I make it as far as you did in the modeling industry? And I said, you better know how to hustle. You have to really want to do this and you can't take no for an answer. If someone tells you no, it just means you can't do it with them. 
Like that's exactly mm-hmm. what that means. Like, cause there's no stopping you if you really want to do something. There are people that look worse than you, that are older than you, that aren't as qualified as you doing exactly what you want to do because they believed in themselves. And so you need to just buckle up and do that. And guess what? It's not easy. I don't believe in myself every fucking day. Some days I'm just like, uh, I never made it and I'm a has-been. I'm like, this is awful. I'm like, how do I stay relevant in this town? And yeah, and I'm just like, some days I'm you like, should I, should I just, that's why like when I'm talking to you and we have this like confidence, like, like we don't need children, all this stuff. Then there, you know, there are some days on mostly Sundays, Sundays are my depression day. Um, uh-huh. and I don't even go out anymore. Like it used to be like, oh, I must just be hung over, but no, <laughs> still there. I know. On yeah, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll go like, I'll go without drinking for a long time. And I'm like, well, it wasn't that. I'll, <laughs> I'm just have, I'll have those intrusive thoughts where it's like, mm-hmm. no one cares about you anymore. You're yeah. a husband. There's a younger, cooler version of you now. That one comes in a lot as I think yeah. as a woman, like women aging, like that. Yeah. Society oh, yeah. Makes us think that we're not hot after 25. And like, oh, yeah, we are. We're yeah, hotter. no, absolutely. I'm so fucking I am so much hotter and more intelligent than I was at 25. So yes, absolutely. What reflecting on your career, though, what's a piece of advice that you wish that you had received when you were starting um, out? I wish people would have told me how much sex trafficking there was in the modeling industry. Because it is so kept under wraps, honey. And I mean, the big wigs. I mean, girls walking for Gucci, guys walking for Dior. There's a lot of sex trafficking in this industry and no one talks about it. And a lot of it was getting uncovered with Jeff Epstein, but I'd seen some of it when I was in my New York days and I won't say who I was with, but I'd seen some of it going down between agent and model. And I was like, (gasps) and when I was, I was 24 at the time. So I, I didn't know what to think about it. I was like, what? Wait a minute. And then it started really clicking with me. I was like, oh, maybe this isn't why, this is one of the reasons I'm not much bigger because no one's trying to fuck me because it's too much. And it's very much like, you know, like those homophobic rappers that are actually like gay. Like they don't, they don't keep the dolls around because we spill the tea. We always spill the tea. And so they're afraid to get their tea clocked. And so that's why they don't want trans girls at their parties and their videos and in their spaces because we clock tea like nobody's business. We got gaydar like nobody's business. And so- they don't want their secrets out there. And we're great secret keepers. Just ask the trade anyway. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's just, oh, um, I, I, I learned. I, I know, but yeah, I know, you know, but it's just like, I think a lot of pe- people don't understand how much sex trafficking is happening in this industry. And I'm but not wait, here to- you, I have to take it back a little bitch. bit really quick. So <laughs> I don't want any names, but like, Okay, here's the thing. I think there's this like old school men. Like, I think that there was this old way of thinking, like sex trafficking. You imagined, you imagined a white van pulling up and like getting that stuff on your mouth that makes you pass out. What's that called? Chloroform. Chloroform. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> when I first heard of sex trafficking, that's how I thought of it. It was that Same. or like, or you're like in some like you know, um, other country and, you know, you mm-hmm. get like kidnapped on the street. But like now I'm learning like sex trafficking is so much more than that. And like, oh, yes. I think back to like the old school days of like, you were around for the model mayhem days. Yes, I was. I had a model mayhem. Ah! 
that was a huge sex trafficking website that, that now is being oh. yeah now they're like uncovering all these sex traffickers from that website back in the day because because there wasn't instagram and there wasn't even myspace or facebook like there was this website called model mayhem and it was instagram like you would put up your photos mm -hmm. like your hottest photos and it was like a collab website like you could just message yeah. people and be like let's collab but mm -hmm. like I heard a lot of shady stories about that website. Like girls that would show up sense. and they would want them to get naked. But mm -hmm. taking us back to New York City, sex trafficking, like I want a story and I don't want you to use any names or I, like I'll designers. To give me a sex trafficking story. I'll tell now. you, I'll tell you a couple. Okay. <clears throat> so there are a couple male agents. Bitch, the tea I have, someone should sign me so I shut the fuck up. Okay. If you're Will listening you're in New on? York, you should. You should sign me to shut the fuck up because I will be quiet. Okay. I am for sale. Okay. Because, <laughs> like honey, the, the tea I have is crazy. It's crazy. Just so, um, because, bitch, I have receipts. Anyway, like, I still have the emails. I emailed everything from my work email to myself to my real email just because I knew I wouldn't be at that agency forever. And I was like, I need proof that this ever, all this shit happened in case. Someone tries to get me, bitch. Absolutely not. Well, and see, like, sometimes it takes years to process something. I was watching this documentary the other day. I was day a kid. Yeah, I was a kid. Women, I didn't know. One, women were silenced in general. Like, I remember even when I would see all, like, I, I've seen some shady shit go down in Hollywood. Like, I was always like, oh, this is like an, a kept secret. Like, and if I speak up, then I won't get to work in the industry anymore. And I have to play the game. And... And also, like, no one's going to believe me, like, which is, I think, a thought like women have every day of their lives is like, we always feel like we're not going to be believed because like society mm -hmm. has taught us that we people don't believe us, you know, they didn't start believing us until this Epstein thing happened. Like, well, and, and then it, and it that's very recent process. Like, I've had like situations now where I look back and I'm like, oh, I was full on sexually assaulted. Like, but like, yeah. It takes like me like going back and reflecting on years and all that stuff. And like, so this whole like, why do women wait so long to talk about things? Like, fuck off. However long it takes us to process something. Listen yeah. to us, you know, yeah. listen to us. Okay. Yeah. Like we went to breakfast the next day and we were trying to think, was that a date or <laughs> like, no, I was absolutely assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It, I it, never it said happens yes. to all of us. It happens to all of us. Ask a woman if she was sexually assaulted and she's over 18. The answer is yes. Okay. Even under, I mean, I think now I'm at that age where I'm like really reflecting back on my childhood and therapy. And I'm just like mm -hmm. thinking about the gross things men used to fucking say to me when I was like 11 years old. Grown and men. Like, yeah, grown men. Four, in their 40s, like sick. Disgusting. Sick. Disgusting. <laughs> but, um, okay, so I'll give you a story. I'm going to give you a couple of stories. So one, okay. is about male, one is about male models. And so there are some male agents who are of the queer um experience mm -hmm. and um they would have these straight male models with them that have girlfriends live with their girlfriends and they're just always with them all the time and they're booking the magazine they're booking campaigns and they're being pushed for the big stuff because they are fucking the agent and that is trafficking sweetie because these are these are not gay guys they are heterosexual men a couple of them were busted for cocaine. Anyway, <laughs> bitch, I have all the tea. Anyway, uh, for for selling it to you. Anyway, sorry, um, bitch. Whoever is listening, who bitch, they this know who so they bad. are. They're listening. Bitch, I'm telling you, listening. sign me, and I'll shut the fuck up. Sign me. Anyway, that's right. <laughs> bitch. Um, that's why I have blackmail on every motherfucker, and I am so nice about it. Aren't I so nice about it? No one even knows this. Anyway, that, that's what gay for pay is, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. So, and then one was this girl I am still friends with. 
And when the head agents at the agency I was at <clears throat> fully was on the phone with this guy and I heard the whole conversation and he wanted to take one of the girls on the board out for a date. Uh, he wanted to take her to this dinner, this gala thing. So he calls this girl in as the nicest girl. I still know her, still friends with her. And he goes, this guy just wants to take you to this gala, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to do that. He goes, oh, but, and here's another thing people don't know before I even get to that. Models have debt at the agency. The agency is basically a bank. That's how it runs. And so when you live at the model apartment or you get new photos taken or you get a driver to this shoot or they fly you somewhere, you pay for that half the time. You're paying for that. Unless, of course, you get a campaign and they're flying you out, blah, blah, blah. But if you're just going doing Miami Fashion Week, you're probably flying yourself out. And it's on the agency's tab, but it's your tab. And so that's a debt that starts building up. And so they will pimp you out to pay for these debts that you owe. And so maybe that's a party. And they're like, oh, no, it's just like in the guy said to the girl, he's like, oh, no, it's just like an escort. And she goes, an escort? Because she was, she knew better. She goes, I don't want to be an escort for this asshole. And he goes, you don't have to have sex with him. You can, you know, you don't have to do that. And that's up to you. But like, you know, he's going to give you this much money. It's a lot of money, girl. It's a lot of money. No, and, not um, the light, but I also hate like whenever the stories always start off with like, but like she didn't have to have sex with him. Like, do you know how like uncomfortable of a situation is? Because like one, these guys are going into that thinking they're having sex. They think like, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm going to get and. her drunk enough. I'm going to get like, because that's the thing at the end of the day, women, like we like, we like, we'll justify things in our head. Like, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. Or like they get you more relaxed and promise you other things. And then it's not until like the next day when you're like, oh, he completely manipulated me to have sex. With yeah. Him. Also, also, if you don't have sex with them, it can get dangerous. It can get dangerous because now he can get violent. And it's mm -hmm. like every, every girl knows that. And it's just like, what am I, do I want to walk away from this scarred or do I want to, and it's just like, or, you know, or am I willing to face mortality, you know? And it's just like, I don't want to get killed over this. And so. Mm. And we'll justify it in our heads too. Like, no, I have the power. Like, this is like, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, well, I am getting paid. So, you know, it's like, wow. Well, well, so, yeah. yeah oh my it's God. some misogynist patriarchal bullshit that we need to dismantle. Yeah. So the modeling industry is big on sex trafficking and it's again, that's trafficking. And I watch, I watched that whole interaction go down. This isn't hearsay. I watched. And so I, they don't care. They don't care that you can hear them. You're, you're, what are you going to do? You need to work. Shut up. You need to go. You need to lose weight. Shut up, girl. You need to go, you know, do some push-ups or something. Get ready for that casting. Like that's what they're thinking. And so it's, it's really interesting again, being a full grown adult and um, I don't manage models, but I advise these girls on what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. And I tell them everything they need to know. I'm like, you be fucking careful because I wish someone would have told me. And um, luckily I wasn't, I wasn't trafficked, but that's also why I didn't work the way I wanted to. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, I want the Dior campaign. <sighs> if only I could be trafficked. <laughs> if only I would have sucked dick. <laughs> I know. Damn, damn, double damn. No. So, um, but you're so, good, but you're good. Like, I remember when we first started as friends, like I would take so much dating advice from you because like I am a little bit passive and a, a people pleaser when it comes to dating. And that's changing as I work on my self-worth. But you've sure. always you've always had this like 
amazing self-worth or else or, or or at least you were really good at presenting your self-worth but like I feel like you really have a high value for yourself inside because like you were the first one to tell me like no, like you need to ask for what you want in life. Like, like, and especially with men, like she was like, oh, if they're, you, you told me once, if they're watching your TV, then they should be paying your cable bill. <laughs> I, I, thought that, <laughs> I thought that advice was, so, I was like, I wouldn't even dare to like tell some guy that's just been watching my TV to pay my cable bill. And you Bitch, were like, I had, I had exes paying my cable bill. <laughs> like, I had them paying all types of bills and different exes for different bills too. I was that girl. <laughs> I really want <laughs> different exes for different bills. It's I've changed life. so much. I am paying all my own bills right now. You have fully <laughs> changed. Oh my, not changed. You've grown. Like we yeah. both just grown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Reflecting yeah. like what, what would you say was like your big break? Like your big moment, a moment where you were like, okay, I've done the damn thing. I don't know. I feel like I haven't had my big break yet. I honestly don't think I have uh, because I do like I've done reality TV. I've done like I was at Whoopi Goldberg's house, like having dinner. And it's just that didn't pay any bills. He got paid $12,000 before taxes for that fucking show. And like, that is not any money, by the way, that is, that's no. not even like, yeah, I've, I've gotten paid more than that for a post. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm like, bitch, fuck that show. People are like, Ooh, strut. I'm like, fuck strut. Fucking non-bill paying ass. <laughs> I'm like, that shit kept me poor. <laughs> like they, those people kept me poor. Those people watched us struggle because uh, we all got paid the same thing. Like, and so it's like, that's, uh, and they didn't, that's awful. Disgusting. It was disgusting. The pay for that show was disgusting. And I will shout that from the rooftops. 44 Blue was a criminal company. They were a horrible production company. Um, I will, I, that, that, you don't have to bleep that out. Fuck you, 44 Blue. <laughs> you robbed us. You had more money to pay us and you didn't. You chose not to. And you got to look inclusive with your identity politics saying, oh, we have a trans show. We're so supportive. We're protecting you. You didn't protect us from shit, bitch. I lived in a share house with five people and I was broke. Fuck you, 44 Blue. Anyways. So, <laughs> bitch, that's my rant with them. What's his face? Because I have qualms with Whoopi too. Everyone says all these good things about Whoopi. And I'm like, mm, I have my notes. I have notes, bitch. Don't work with her. I'll tell you that. And you can what leave did, that. In, you can leave that in there too. Anyway, what, what didn't you like about Whoopi? Uh, she cashed like a one point five million dollar check while we all got paid twelve thousand dollars, and our t our faces are on the show. And she wasn't involved. I'm telling you all the tea, but she wasn't even involved until the back end of the show when it was like greenlit to go on oxygen. Whereas I was there for the filming of the real a year and a half before in San Francisco, and Cecilio paid for it himself out of pocket. Like he paid for that real himself. Uh, in Francisco. I was a nobody. I was just writing for a different magazine, uh, a couple different magazines. Was that yeah. show before Marco Marco show? No, no, Marco. It's funny. Marco found me before I was featured. Like I got named out magazines, top 10 transgender models in history. Along That's... with Octavia San Laurent, with Andreja, like no, Andreja Pajik wasn't on it because she wasn't out yet. Mm -mm. Um, no, I, I remember she was not out yet. That came yeah. after, because I remember she became like a fresh face, like after we had already done the trans show. Yes. So it was like, I remember being on that list and bitch, I was sleeping on a couch in Burbank with my friend Jen. We we're sleeping head to head on an L couch. I had no money. I'd moved here with two suitcases and I had lived here for like three or four months. And then I made that list. And I just started to cry because I was getting all these texts of congratulations. And I thought I was, I did it. Like I did something. Someone saw me because I thought that everything I did in New York, all the, all my work in Miami, it just, 
it was thankless. Like I, I didn't become a star. I didn't get to walk for Gucci. I didn't get to, mm-hmm. I didn't get to do the things I came there to do. I just thought, damn, like, like I did okay, but I just didn't do what I wanted to do. Then I made that list and I was like, okay, the queers see me. That's nice. <laughs> you know, so I, I'll never abandon my community, honey. I love them. That's when I got like a real fire under my ass. I'm like, I think I could give mm-hmm. this another shot. I had met Cecilio just a little before that. I started taking him seriously and he was like, we should get you modeling. And I was like, fine, let's try it. And then he, he was like, I'm going to do a reel for this show. I want you to be on it. Like I want it to revolve around you. Cause I figured, and he said he built that agency around me. He said it on camera a million times. And mm-hmm. that's where I get emotional talking to these girls at the competition. Cause I'm like, this is all because I came out here and I did it. Like, and it's, um, that's my legacy. I'm like, I don't need children. I've got this. Like I did something all these girls have a place to get work. A lot of them, like they've, they're on billboards. I've seen them work for Sephora, mm. like at, like on billboards for Sephora, billboards for Sweet, Sweet Greens, featured in Vogue Scandinavia, Vogue Russia, Vogue. Like, I'm just like, wow, like all these trans models have some place to go. And it's like, I wish I would have had that. And I'm so glad that they do. And I don't want their lives to be as hard as mine was. I'm so glad the door's open behind me and I'm leaving it open. Please run through, do better than me, mm-hmm. be, do better than I ever did because this was fucking mm-hmm. hard. And I think I, I tried to make it as look as easy as I could because I don't like to complain. <laughs> so No, like you did walk so a lot of girls can run. And there's like the girls before you that had to like, that were the blueprint for you to look at, you know? And like- Oh and, yeah. Your like, Lena Bradford, your Candace Kane, your Roberta Close. Your, Lauren um, Foster. Lauren Foster, honey, Lauren. mother Lauren Foster. Yeah. I Lauren to Foster. Have, she was I next have, on the list. I had to have Lauren Foster on this podcast. Yes, that, Tracy oh Africa. Yes, yes, please have Lauren Foster on. Lauren, have, have Lauren Foster on. Have to, yeah. because that's like so good. Because like, yeah, she was like the generation before you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, she's Vogue Mexico, honey. Where and you had to lie. She... she had to lie. Yes. Like, she wasn't telling anyone she was. Oh, trans. I had to lie. Um, To work in Miami, I had to lie. Uh, at my second agency, I couldn't tell anyone I was trans. And so everybody thought I was like a mute <laughs> because my agent said, do not talk on set. Do not talk at the show. But I was booking when they didn't know I booked a lot more. Mm-hmm. After they know, uh, knew I didn't book as much. And then that's when I wanted to move to New York. <sighs> Do you have any like fun backstage memories of Marco Marco shows? So like a recent. Oh, a recent. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so you came on, you were the second, you were our second show. There was our first yeah. show that was like all the drag queens. And then our next show was New York City, correct? Or was no, it No, the next show was, it was LA because it was downstairs, LA. downtown in that building on that high floor. <gasps> yes, the the beautiful, um, what was it? Was it was an art center. It was art. It was an art school or something. Mm-hmm. And we were like I... in the basement. Was that it? No, no, that was the, that was the one where I had the Peggy Bundy hair. <laughs> and I, yeah, but that was a... Uh, the that church, was the it wasn't the Catholic Church one, was it? Not the Catholic Church, but the Viviana. Or there was the Globe. There was so many. Um, do, everyone listening, um, go look uh, up every Marco Marco show yeah, on, on the Marco Marco good. YouTube channel and watch all of them. And then you could do you could write in and tell me what the first um the first runway yes. that that Arise did for us. But like take me through that. Like, what was that like for you? Had already walked other designers before right this wasn't your first I show walked, oh I had walked for over 100 fashion shows because I did all the Miami fashion weeks I did a bunch of New York fashion weeks I'd done LA fashion week already uh mm-hmm. twice at that point because uh, I did the show in the summer and then yeah, anyways whatever but I had just been featured I remember because my hair in that show was the long blonde hair that I had for my Vogue Germany digital cover 
Oh. And because then I got featured in Vogue Germany. This is before I was on TV. I wasn't even on TV yet. And I got featured in Vogue Germany as one of like the top trans models. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I just, I couldn't believe it because I was broke. <laughs> so I was like, I don't have any money. I'm one of the top trans models. And I wasn't booking a fucking thing. Not that nothing major. And so- and Marco uh, was... and I would build lists like because because back in the day, like that's how I would like Google like top trans models in the world. And then mm. I would like I would create a list and then I would like find any way to like reach out to them. And I think like even like we had had you on a list and I, that night we probably saw you. It was probably like, oh, my God, she's here. He said that he said he said I was looking for you. I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, where were you looking? <laughs> like. I'm like, where the fuck would you find me? Because well, we would just look. I mean, even when we did the all trans show in New York, like I didn't know, like I didn't know any trans men at that time. This was like, this was, that was like my first, I knew Lake, Ashley. Like, oh yeah, that, you guys got that, some good ones. Yeah. That was, that was, and I, and I think I met Lake through you. Oh, really? Or I met him on TV. Lath was yeah. Probably, yeah, Lath was probably on a list too, because yeah. he's always I met on the on TV. Yeah, he's always first on the list. But I know. I, there was this um FTM mm -hmm. Instagram account. And I would go on there every day and I would just like start like lists of like all the people that they would post. Like I would like see who they posted, and then I would like go to their page and then I would just like create a list. And then I present work. them and then I like present them to Marco and be like, what do you think about these people? But yeah, Smart. it's all just like search and search and find. Okay, favorite Marco Marco backstage memory. Oh my god, I have so many. Because a now good one, have, a I've juicy been in, one. I, that I've been in one here. every. I've been in every show, like except for one. I, okay, so I'll go with my first one, my first memory backstage, and then I'm gonna say a funny one for the next one. <laughs> so my first one was the first show. Mm -hmm. I was walking around and I had that Morticia Adams dress on. Mm -hmm. Fox totally stole. Everyone knows she has it. <laughs> like, Detox, no one could find it. I Detox, know you we know you have the dress, bitch. <laughs> I know you only watch the short videos of my podcast, Detox, but we want we want that dress back. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows. I'm not the first one to say it. Everyone knows she has that fucking dress. Anyway, I love you, Detox. I love you so much. Everyone buy fluorescence. See? See? We did a commercial. Anyway. Yes, yes. Yes. I did that Morticia Adams dress. And so it was so hot backstage. They had it zip, like they had it all the way down. So I was just walking around topless with like my hair covering my boobs because I had that long blonde hair. I, the drag queens were all in their separate corner and I was so afraid to go talk to them because they're all doing their own makeup. You arranged for me to get my makeup done because I'd never done my own makeup for like a show before. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, people are doing their own makeup. I'm glad, no, and I'm glad you got me an artist because I did not know how to do my own makeup at that time. I was like, I don't know how to do it like that. Like I can't do it for a show. Anyways, and I was walking by and I was just topless and I was so skinny because I was, bitch, I was broke and modeling. And so I was like, all right. So I was like, playing in early twenties, oh. like yes, yes. And so Sharon Needles gets up, points at me, and she goes, "I want you dead." She goes, "Look at that waist," and I. She goes, "Look at her. I want that bitch dead." And I was like, 
And I was like, Sharon Needles just cussed me out. <laughs> it was so exciting. <laughs> uh, and now I've been in her music video. I love Sharon Needles. I think she's oh, great. Oh, <laughs> we love Sharon Needles. I we love Sharon Needles. I, I love, love her Sharon too. I love her yeah. too. Um, she was so great to work with. Like that day on the beach, that was so much fun. We had a great time. <gasps> oh yeah, we were in her music video together. Yeah, bitch, we were in a music video together, bitch. We were in uh, Monster Mashing. That's my favorite Halloween song. And I'm so glad that that was the song we got to be in. And she, no one knew that. It was just fun. was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his lab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise <laughs> he did the monster mash it was a graveyard smash it caught on in a flash he did the monster mash laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast the ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electric he did the monster mash it was a graveyard smash it caught on in a flash he did the monster mash Zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests include the Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crip Kicker. <laughs> He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Drax's voice did ring. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. He opened the lid and he shook his fist and he said, Whatever happened to the Transylvania? Yes. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. She did the mash. (laughs) All right, let's take a little break right there. That's a wrap on our season two premiere episode, part one, featuring the incredible Reese Wanzer. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this momentous journey with me. But hold on to your sequins because the adventure continues. Join us next Thursday for part two as we dive even deeper into Arisa's life, dreams, triumphs, and our friendship. 
Are you excited? Because I bet you are. Please make sure to subscribe to Shut Up Chanel to catch every episode of this groundbreaking season. Plus, head over to our Patreon for exclusive content and full videos. Stay fabulous, stay tuned, and stay motherfucking proud. I will see you next week.